Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, back in the home bunker. Folks, I'm getting ready to have a conversation with our friend, our in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzel, about the latest news around monkeypox. And one of the things that I will say, and I say this to you all all the time, but it's it's really for you to tell the people who are in your network, who are your friends and your family, we are at a point in time where we need to be intellectually nimble. What does that mean? It means that When you receive information in, does not mean that that is the only new information that is going to be coming your way. That as we learn more, right, that information is then shared with you and your understanding then grows. What I think is happening right now is that we have always understood science to be very black and white, right? Either the sky is blue or it is not. Water is wet, or it is not, right? And where we are in this world of viruses is that scientists and doctors are studying and learning, and as they are learning, they are sharing. Are they sharing in the best fucking ways possible? Absolutely not. Are they making things a hell of a lot more confusing than they need to be? Sure. Is racism and homophobia and transphobia guiding some of the ways that they are delving into this monkeypox situation? 100%. But that does not mean that then we shut off our receptors and stop taking in new knowledge because we don't like the way that it's coming out. And that's what I see happening. And Jonathan and I will get into a deeper conversation with regard to what it is that we need to do in order to continue to keep ourselves and the people around us safe, because that's what this all gets back to, right? I did not go to school to become a scientist. I do not have degrees, right? In virology. I do not understand how these different things are happening, but seem to be happening all at the same fucking time. But what I do know is that 
any bit of information that I am given that is different from the one before doesn't make me assume that the initial information that I received was false. It just means that now we have more information, right? And that's what I mean by being intellectually nimble. It's allowing ourselves to take in. And then once that information changed, it does not mean that what we were given was false. It means that it was true at that fucking time. And I think that with viruses, if there's anything that we have learned over the past two and a half fucking years living with COVID is that we should probably at this stage in our life, expect the unexpected, right? To keep ourselves safe from monkeypox, Jonathan will tell us to do the similar things that we should have been doing before COVID, but apparently not all of us do, which is wash our hands, which is clean surfaces, which is, you know, be really keen on the people that you're bringing into your homes, into your offices, into your spaces are healthy, right? That if they have lesions or they are not feeling well, that this is not the time to kind of fucking work through shit, right? This is, and I think that this is part of the problem is the way that we've been socialized into believing that we are all machines right? Goes back to what I said yesterday and that we should just be powering through that when you're sick, no, you, of course you don't stay home and get well. No, I must go into the office and spread my sickness all around so that people know exactly how fucking hardworking and serious I am. Well, what I would love is that if people would be just as serious about making money for other people, for corporations and for other entities as they would about their own goddamn health. And maybe if we've been socialized into believing that when we are unwell, that I don't need to prove my wellness to you. I actually need to be at home getting well. Then maybe we wouldn't be concerned with people spreading germs and viruses because they would have learned a long time ago that you should be taking care of yourself before you're taking care of all of these multiple tasks that are on your desk right now. That maybe that we are human beings and we should be actually living instead of just surviving. And I think that that leads back into the conversation that I had yesterday about what does it mean to be thriving instead of just surviving. And I believe that this all connects back to our understanding of how we are dealing with all of these, you know, hundred year fucking viruses that seem to be becoming the norm. Also weird note, but I want to bring this up before I bring on Jonathan, which is this. The other day I was looking at National Geographic's Instagram, which I follow because I love, you know, the earth and animals and planets and this, that, and the other thing. National Geographic had put up a picture of a mummy that has been defrosted. And by defrosted, we mean this mummified animal that is not present in our earth as we know it now melted because the glacier melted. And now scientists get to discover and research this spectacular, and I'm using air quotes, discovery. What the fuck do you think is going to happen when these creatures that no longer walk the planet are quote unquote defrosted because of climate change and global warning? I'm pretty sure that the viruses and the shit that was inside of them is also going to be defrosted, right? And that we are living inside of this potential of Jurassic Park that as all the movies show, doesn't end well for us, right? So the fact that we have mummified creatures 
defrosting because of climate change should send alarm bells, not the word spectacular, which is what National Geographic used in describing this new phenomenon of what we can discover. Because I'm pretty sure, like me, y'all don't want to discover any more new shit at this point, unless it is a way onto a different planet that hasn't been fucked up by human beings yet, and we can survive on. Just saying. Coming up next, dear friends, my conversation with our good friend, Dr. Jonathan Metzel. Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci is one of the latest shows on the TYT network and also the fastest growing news show in America. On his show, Dr. Ricci plays no games regarding policy, delivering a heavy dose of fact-based truth and penetrating analysis on all the top news stories focusing on racism, criminal and social justice, politics, police brutality, Karens, and much more. Listeners can also expect interviews with fascinating guests, political leaders, commentators, and even fiery debates with conservatives on a wide range of policy topics in the bullpen. It is an indisputable fact that you will love this show. Listen to Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. no secret that the news is horse pill hard to swallow. Thankfully, there's the Bituation Room podcast hosted by comedian and commentator Francesca Friorentini for a lighter take on the heavy stuff. Each week, the Bituation Room brings you progressive comedians, experts, and activists to break down the issues in a way that won't just leave you crying under a weighted blanket. Get the Bituation Room on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and streaming on YouTube and Twitch. Right. So I am back from a little respite and vacation, Jonathan, and so excited uh, to be back with you on Woke AF. And um, I got to start off with the news that I saw last night before I went to bed, which probably was the reason I needed to take magnesium in order to fall asleep, uh, which is that uh, we've had our first transmission of monkeypox from humans to an animal, a dog in France. Um, Two men uh, who lived together contracted monkeypox in France and, you know, they were quarantining, uh, but were with their dog. And the dog, 12 days after they had tested positive for monkeypox, started exhibiting these same uh, lesions and... um, lethargic, uh, behavior, uh, Jonathan, take it away and tell me, um, that I'm not supposed to freak out about this. And this is totally fine because when you said that monkeypox could find another host outside of a monkey and I wasn't thinking dog. So I was thinking maybe squirrel also, you know, around the United States a lot, uh, but not necessarily as prevalent in people's homes as say a dog. So talk to me. Yeah. I mean, really, this is a big deal, I think, you know, to be honest. Uh, I think that the the concern always with something like monkeypox has been that the minute it it finds animal reservoirs, um, it's just going to be unstoppable. And I think a lot of concern for people like us who live in New York 
is that monkeypox will end up being, you know, in rats and sewers. Um, but I think the main idea is if it's circulating in animal populations, um, you just, you can't stop it. It's not like you're going to vaccinate, you know, all the animals, obviously. And so it's a huge deal. We knew we knew it was coming probably. Um, I, I would bet if it's a dog on Twitter, there are many other animals who have it. <laughs> we just haven't heard about it because the people aren't, the animals aren't tweeting about it. Um, Not yet. So, uh, <laughs> so, um, so I think this is a huge deal. I mean, all roads point back toward, we need to get people vaccinated. We need to get many, many, many more people vaccinated because if something like this is going to become endemic and also mutating and living in nature, then the only thing we can do as humans is to, is to vaccinate people. And I've been honestly fighting real frustration. I don't even know who am I supposed to get angry at? I mean, but we have, we have really blown this, right? We had a, this is the calm before the storm period of the monkeypox um, uh, era. Uh, and, and again, if people are going to, if it's just circulating in animals and then back and forth between humans and animals, it's going to be a big deal. Now there are plenty of other, illnesses throughout history that have acted in this same way. Um, and what we do as humans is we, unlike animals, we have scientists who can then make vaccines, who can then protect us. So then, then it's not that big of a deal. And the fact that there's been such an unconscionable delay lag um, with this monkeypox, I don't know. You tell me, who do I get mad at, right? I mean, I think that the Biden administration and obviously has a lot on its hands. Um, yeah. The, the world population is not trusting science and vaccines right now, but man, I feel like this is going to be a big deal and a really big deal, you know, in a couple of months, even more so. So I, I really want to unpack this because I think that you're asking the right question. Like, who are we supposed to be mad at? And frankly, like, we're just mad at everybody, right? Like, you know, we've been living in, you know, the last, you know, two years plus just living in what seems like pure mayhem, right? And I, I don't know. Is it the world population that no longer trusts science or is it just is that is that unique to America? And I, and I personally, you know, because I haven't traveled uh, uh, to Europe or outside of the United States um, in talking to people. But I'll tell you that when I was in Panama uh, at the beginning of this year, everybody was wearing a mask and it is an outdoor you know, country. It is a, it is a tropical hot country. Everybody was wearing a mask and it was not like a problem. There were signs on all of the doors that said, don't enter into this place without a mask unless it was a fully open air, uh, situation. And so, you know, that, that for me, I'm like, is it, is it just, you know, Americans who, uh, who, because of Donald Trump, because of the Republicans and, you know, since the, since the tea party haven't believed in science, you climate change isn't real. We have our, you know, doctor, our scientists that are attached to Exxon and BP oil that are telling us that it's not, it, you know, it's plastic straws that's causing this, not oil, right? Like, so, um, so that's number one. And number two, you know, monkeypox, unlike COVID, hasn't, has been around. It just hasn't been in the United States or in Europe, but it has been in nations in Africa. And once again, the question that I have, Jonathan, is how much do you believe that racism and discrimination, whether it be against uh, black people and people of color, as well as queer people, that has played into the lack of significant intel and instruction from the CDC and the WHO. Because if I'm going to be angry at anybody, it's the fact that these 
pandemics, multiple viruses show us just how fucking racist and discriminatory uh, medicine, the entire medical community actually is, which people of color and gay people have known since AIDS. Well, where should I start? <laughs> Wherever you'd you know, like. Uh, I just want to go to Panama. First of all, that sounds it's, a lot better. It's lovely. Um, and I'll say a couple things about that. I mean, obviously many, many provocative points in that question. And certainly we don't need monkeypox to teach us that lesson. I mean, look at, look at the response to COVID, right? When things were spreading in Africa, it, you know, the, a great strategy would have been to help Africa develop vaccines or to think we're all connected in a global community. But also in our own country, we had, you know, government agencies who were actively suppressing data about COVID uh, deaths among black populations. We knew that COVID was a, signing, a sign of a structural problem and we didn't fix the structural inequities on and on and on and on. So I don't think we need monkeypox to tell us that. Um, now, I would say it's a little complicated with monkeypox in my personal opinion. And the reason I say that is just because there are probably 50 illnesses or a zillion illnesses circulating right now that we're never going to talk about um, because they're, they're limited. They're things like that. I mean, certainly we need more global aid in a way. Um, but I mean, there's still tons of Zika out there. There's some new illness that's infected 38 people in China that came from some other weird ass animal and stuff like that. And so I, I would just say that, you know, it's really when it gets to this, when it gets to something that crosses from Africa to here, that's when we have the conversation. We certainly need much more global health. I certainly think that's true. Um, but I would also say that, you know, I mean, it, it, gets back, it gets back to that question of kind of who to be mad at. Who, do we, who, who are we mad at for monkeypox in particular? I mean, I do think that our system has also really had its hands full right now. And I do a lot, to be honest, feel like the Biden administration really has dropped the ball, even though it's obviously got a lot on its plate. But I do feel like the Biden administration has dropped the ball in terms of prevention planning. I mean, we should, just to be frank, we should have much more vaccine right now than we do. Now, the other thing about monkeypox, since it's been around for a long time, is that the vaccine technologies we have are pretty effective. It's not like mRNA vaccines where we're starting from scratch. Um, and so getting more people vaccinated is going to be really, really key here. The problem is, as we talked about last week or two weeks ago, there's only one company that makes the vaccine right now. Um, and so that, that really has to change. But I don't know. I feel like this is a really complicated problem, and I feel like there was a lot of ball dropping and I certainly think global racism is an issue. But I mean, if you would ask me a year ago, what are the 10 biggest or 100 biggest um, infectious disease threats facing Africa? Monkeypox wouldn't have been on my top 100 list in, in a way. And so, you I, know, I, it's either. The, yeah. I get it. I just feel like, you know, here's the thing. We're not learning any fucking thing. Right. Like this. This is what gets my anger to like a level that I want more people to be at that level of anger, which is that we've had two plus years in COVID and we've learned not a goddamn thing. 
And I'm tired of it either being the disruption of politics and the concern that if the Biden administration were to have raised a flag with regard to monkeypox, then their concern is that Republicans would have turned around and said, look at them being hysterical and wanting to trap you in your homes and blah, blah, blah. And so by virtue of once again, deciding that we're going, that the reaction to Republicans is more important than being responsible with the whole host of citizens that actually there are 75% of the population that will listen to fucking doctors and believe the Biden administration and what they are saying. There's 25% of the population that doesn't care, right? But you're being concerned and controlled by the 25% that doesn't care because you're worried about how this is going to play in midterms. And what I'm saying is that like absent politics and absent the politics of racism and homophobia, we would be in a different place. Because I'm wondering how long it's going to take for the Production Act to go into play from this administration in order to develop more vaccine in the way that they did for COVID. But the Trump administration waited until 400,000 fucking people were dead in order to do that. Well, first, you need to go on vacation more. I like I love this. This this is awesome. (laughs) Um, Let me just say two things about that, if I can streamline my own thoughts, which because I mean, for me, it's like this is. This is, feels just like everything all over again because it is. Now, I will say something. I don't know anything. I have no idea about the inner workings, but I can see how going, just to play devil's advocate very mm-hmm. slightly, I can see how going to the mat on monkeypox was maybe not a strategy they wanted to embrace, um, not because of mistrust of science, but because there are no vaccines. And so mm. scaring the crap out of people for, for something that you can't cure. Mm-hmm. So in other words, I would, if, in other words, I think it would just been a much different if they had, if they had a hundred million vaccines, then they could have said monkeypox is not just a sexually transmitted disease. It's going to spread in daycare. It's going to spread in college. It spreads in laundry. And also here's our treatment. But I guess, I guess, I, and again, I have no idea, but I could see somebody thinking, what do we get out of scaring people about this if we have no solution except for don't use laundry and don't go to the bathhouse and stuff like that? So I can I can just see I can see that being a hard I, I it's not just about the midterms. It's like raising a problem that you don't have an immediate solution for at that moment. Given that everybody's in the middle of still of COVID and they're really going to need to get people vaccinated in the fall with these new boosters and stuff like that. So again, I I don't know but, if that's the case, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. But I so I will push back on that. Just the the theory, not necessarily with you, but the theory here is that let me not provide people with the most thoughtful information that we have, the clearest information that we have at this very moment. While we continue to tell people that you need to be intellectually nimble because the more information that we know, the more that we are going to share it. But here is what we know right, right now, right? Which is A, B, and C, that this thing functions more like smallpox spreads in a way that um, it isn't just about sexually transmitted uh, diseases or viruses, that if you are not cleaning surfaces and someone has open sores, if you are sharing uh, blankets and things that haven't gone through a considerable type of wash, if you are not quarantining, like, because I believe at least initially that all of the uh, strategies that we could use in order to keep ourselves safe were what we learned initially with COVID. Wash your hands, cover your mouth, clean surfaces, you know, and all of these things. So if we had just said from the jump, here is something new that is scary. 
So all of the things that we had instituted with COVID, cleaning surfaces, washing things, washing things separately, but like, again, then what you're doing is just layering layering the care that is needed on top of the information that is ha- that that you have at this time. I don't believe that no, the I, CDC I, or the WHO did that. No, I, I there I completely agree with you. For sure I completely agree with you. Um there there's just an information vacuum right now and the CDC in fact feels like to me it's going backwards. Like all this new stuff about oh you don't have to quarantine are bad like doing that now before the crap we're about to go through in the fall. Um, so I completely agree with you there that it seems like there's an information vac- vacuum. And I don't, for the life of me, understand why they don't just do a weekly press conference with the experts or something like that from the White House. I mean, it makes no sense. And so in that percent, I mean, in that regard, I completely agree with you. Like, let's find three or four trusted voices in science. Let's make this a weekly event. Let's have it be like, the news that people want to turn into. I mean, hell, Trump did that while he was hawking, you know, drink Lysol and stuff like that. And so, um, uh, or Clorox or whatever. And so I I think the Biden administration really hasn't done that. And to me, I completely agree with you. I said in the beginning, I'm frustrated with the Biden administration. And I do think that the knowledge vacuum is huge. And the reason that it's huge is because not only are they not the megaphone for this, which they should be, but then they create an opening. I don't, I don't know if you watched it this morning, but um, Governor DeSantis from Florida had a press conference because this have maybe happened when you're gone, but they're going to have um, soldiers teach kids in Florida um, that have no teacher training, no degree, no anything like that. So their third graders in Florida are going to be learning like, how do you field strip a rabbit? And like, you know, how do you patch a, a a wound and stuff like that, not like math or science or literature or things like that. So he had a press conference this morning and the entire thing was a diatribe against masks and vaccines and science and, you know, the woke agenda and all this kind of stuff, yep. um, which we should market, you know, we should, we should get on that. So anyway, my point is um, we've created a knowledge vacuum, right? That, that there needs to be a megaphone for science right now. That's not just regular Biden press conferences, but actually is let's the public ask the scientists the questions. Let's, you know, have school kids one week, ask their questions, stuff like that. Like, I, I just feel like, you know, we should have been promoting science beyond just, um, you know, you know, the Biden press conferences are totally fine. They're, you know, people we know, former people we know from media running those press conferences, they're very well done. Um, But I would, uh, but, but I would say that there needs to be a public forum for science that the Biden administration, in my opinion, should have created. And without that, you're just leaving the door open for this crazy crap, like what happened in in Florida, which is somebody can get up there and link having untrained soldiers teach third grade to um, the woke agenda that's trying to get people to wear I masks. I mean, look, be- look, this is, this is going to be a push for parents. You want your kids to be fucking idiots? Then by all means, you know, like keep voting for people like Ron DeSantis. You believe that education is nothing, nothing other than having a body in front of your kid and playing babysitter in the third fucking grade. You don't want them to be competitive. Like there, where is the pushback? That's the pushback. Right. Like, because this isn't going to happen to people in New York. It's not going to happen to people in California. And so when you start to converge, all you have to do is make the case to me right now, 
What do what do Republicans want? A permanent underclass. And who are they hoping that permanent underclass is going to be in order to continue along with their capitalistic fascist agenda? People of color. But what is going to happen actually is that it's going to be poor white people who are going to also be a part of the underclass, right? Because 90% of people in this country attend public education, attend public schools, right? So like, I, I, I don't understand. You're right. There needed to be a a regular science forum and there should be one and there should be a regular press conference because all the things that we can say about Cuomo and what he did in New York. I sat down in front of that press conference every single day, every single day that he gave a press conference for covid. I sat down in front of the television because we did not have a president of the United States that gave a fuck. Right. So the world was watching his press conferences every day on covid and what we were doing and where we were. And it was a calming force. Yeah, I I think you can be creative about it. You know, you can bring in kids from PS 99 one day. You can um, bring in different experts. You can do different topics. I mean, just make it make it a go to thing that is a seemingly a source of kind of unbiased information, even though everything is political. But again, it's just that in that vacuum, it's just, it's just created such an open space for, um, for everything else. So I, I just think that that's, I, I think that that's, um, I think that that's a really major, major, major issue. Um, well, Jonathan, and, and, where do you well, think? Let me just say, yeah, let, me, let me just say, I think that, I think that monkeypox is an illustration of that. Right. And, and again, Part of the point is the, the knowledge is evolving. So just say, hey, look, here's what we know this week. Come back next week. We'll tell you what we learned next week. You know what I mean? It's not like you have to have the answer to every single thing. Um, but, I, but I don't think this has been done well. And again, I agree with you about knowledge for sure, for sure. But they also should have had more vaccines. They should have seen this coming. Yeah. So my, my last question for you, though, because I, I will tell you that the feedback that I get, Jonathan, from our weekly talks is the fact that the woke AF audience is so grateful because all of the things that you have warned us about, all of the things that you have recommended have actually happened. And people have take your recommendations and they take them seriously because they're not getting it anywhere else. So, you know, barring the fact that we don't know everything about what is happening with monkeypox, tell folks what you recommend in terms of how they are now keeping themselves safe with the knowledge that we have at this moment. Well, number one is to get a vaccine appointment. Um, I can pretty much guarantee you that they're going to open this up beyond just um, high-risk gay men pretty soon here. I don't have any inside information. I'm just saying the way this thing is spreading, um, just vaccinating gay men is not going to work. And so um, the, if you're in New York or other places, there are vaccine appointments that are opening up. And I would, I mean, I would recommend try to get a vaccine appointment for sure. Um, I also think that as we're saying here, monkeypox is not like COVID. It's not floating in the air for the most part, for the most part. Um, and so you can be much safer by be, becoming much more religious like we were in the beginning of COVID with surfaces. And so I think surface protection is important. I mean, you know me, I'm a, I'm a fatalist, right? But I've bought a bunch of rubber gloves again, even though I'd already donated all my rubber gloves. I couldn't help myself. Um, so stuff like that, just basic kind of protections. But again, people should know that this is not for them. I mean, if somebody has active monkeypox and, and, and it's in their, you know, 
inside of them and then they sneeze, it could go airborne, but it's not an airborne virus. And so you can protect yourself with, with cleanliness and, and protection for the most part. But, but it's, again, it's going to take a level of attention. So I would say the other really important point is to hang in there because we're, hopefully we're not going to have this problem by next, by the winter or next spring. So there will certainly be enough vaccines going forward. It's just that right now we got caught with our proverbial pants proverbially down. Mm -hmm. And so really it's, it's hanging in there right now is important too. Dr. Jonathan Metzel, as always, we appreciate you, your advice, your recommendations, and your lightheartedness through these increasingly <laughs> dark times that we continue I mean, to be maneuvering through. Never a dull moment. I do I do want to talk about um I, I mean I, I I was born on a military base. My dad was in the Air Force. This is no knock on military people or families or anything, but but they're opening up teaching to soldiers and their spouses without any training or degree or anything like that. Um, and so I do want to talk about like what I, I agree with your point. I think it's really important. I just want to highlight it. Stephen Thrasher has this great book, Viral Underclass, that just came out um, that talks about how we need like uneducated poor people to do the labor uh, that's not being done by education, uh, by, by immigration. And I think this is a perfect example of it. I totally agree. So. Who is the who's the author? Viral Underclass? Yeah, Stephen Thresher. And there's an excellent forward. Some the author of Dying of Whiteness wrote a forward to that book, which is <laughs> Love it. Thank you, Jonathan. We appreciate you. Okay, take care. That is it for me today, folks, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.